0: TAMP is not hosted by medical professionals. Welcome to Pads and TAMPs, a totally free-flowing podcast about female reproductive health and especially prevention. My name is Emilia Fuerte and I am your host. I go by A pronouns. I am from El Salvador and I have PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome and I am leaving perfectly fine.
1: Hello, my name is Jay Hall. I use all pronouns. I'm a newbie and I know nothing about periods.
0: Together, we are Theory. the dream... Together we are the dream team for this kind of episode, because we both are learning about the female body, but also I have someone who actually is able to ask me questions that people who don't menstruate don't know. So give it up for our best CJ. Mm. Uh, today's episode is about reproductive health and more importantly about what is reproductive health. For starters, I would like to share my story about as to why I started the podcast. And Jay is more than welcome to interrupt me any way that she wants.
1: Because I was going to just write down questions as we spoke.
0: Okay. So, as I mentioned before, I have PCOS. Mm -hmm. And it is a very relatively normal disease that women go through. Um, I was first diagnosed.
1: What does PCOS stand for?
0: Polycystic ovarian syndrome. What
1: is polycystic?
0: Multiple cysts. Okay. You know what cysts are? Since they're made out of cells and flesh and tissue, they can be made out of muscle or water. It's basically some abnormal growth in your body.
1: In my head, Mm -hmm. I picture kidney stones.
0: No, those are made out of sodium. And they're in your kidneys, not in your ovaries.
1: (laughs) I picture more bloody kidney stones.
0: I am so excited for this podcast. (laughs) Um, I was first diagnosed with PCOS in April 2023. I had a little bit of a medical scare, and Jay was there with me, which is why I'm so thankful to them. Uh, they worked with me to the hospital, which was awesome. And when I went to the hospital, I was diagnosed with PCOS, and I was diagnosed with an ovarian cyst that was 6 centimeters um, big to begin with. And after they diagnosed me with 6 centimeter ovarian cyst I went back home I got another ultrasound it got more tests done and it turns out that I do have multiple cysts on my left ovary multiple cysts on my right ovary and I also had an 8.5 centimeter big cyst or so they thought and so they gave me medication for it the following month after I came back from school and I did another checkup they realized the cyst grew the only conclusion they had was to provide surgery and I had a 10 centimeter overall cyst or around a grapefruit size removed from my ovary um it was not painful it was painful but it was not painful and actually right now guys I am having my first period it's not like I'm gonna be talking about every time Christ. I get thank you <laughs> it's not like I'm gonna be talking about every time I get my period I'm not gonna be like I'm on my period but this is my first period since my surgery which is a huge deal because it means that my body is finally healing back to normal so that's awesome so yay. yeah regardless that's a little bit about me um about my administration stuff and the reason as to why I started the podcast is because when I was 11 I got my first period and I was alone and I was made fun of and since I was 13 I have been on birth control which I may gain weight I get terrible mental health um you know stuff <laughs> And then. I
1: do have a question about birth control.
0: We can talk about that. I mean, we are going to have an episode about birth control. But
1: I got a question now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is it possible? What is birth control? <laughs> because in my head, birth control is preventing a baby's birth. Mm-hmm. But if you.
0: Well, birth control is not only about preventing. I mean, yes, the, the word, the, the name of it is birth control.
1: But what dead. is the purpose of birth control if you're not pregnant?
0: You don't have to take birth control if you're pregnant.
1: Then what is the birth? What what birth are you controlling if you have no birth coming?
0: So birth control is basically to prevent birth. So that it, it, you take it before so that what it's telling your body is you can't get pregnant, you can't get pregnant, you can't get pregnant. So your body's not getting pregnant. The, the, the over... Like the ovulation cycle like you know when the egg comes Mm -hmm. out of the 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 ovary into the fallopian tube it's basically telling the ovary like the, the egg to not be fertilized like it can't be fertilized so it basically kills all the sperm that goes into the the uterus
1: so if you never have sperm
0: so you okay so what i'm just gonna say is that birth control is not only about birth control like yeah it's to prevent pregnancies but also it is just used out of medicine because there's such a lack of like resources and research on female healthcare that they use birth control for almost everything
1: so, mm-hmm. Go ahead so if you're not if you're didn't have sex mm-hmm. in like the past let's say seven months why are you still need birth control
0: so i was taking birth control because i had a hormonal disease which they thought was just follicles in my ovaries. So they gave me birth control to lower the hormone intake. A lot of people take hormone like birth control because um, they have PCOS, which is the polycystic ovary syndrome so that the hormone levels can go down and not create more cysts. Or a lot of people use it because they have an over amount of hormones and they get pimples on their face and their backs. Like a lot of acne can come from hormonal changes. Um, Some people use uh, birth control Because they have endometriosis And they have to like, stop the hor- It's used as a hormone stopper So a lot of people use it for medication But a lot of other people use it because They have They're having sex currently Or like a lot of sex So they use birth control to prevent pregnancies So that they don't get pregnant
1: But for non-sex people It's not a you birth can- control It's a hormone control
0: A lot of people, yeah exactly that makes more sense but also birth control can also help you regulate your period because you take around i remember this was my birth control every birth control is different but you have five birth controls and the rest of them are placebos Hmm. but you have to take it every day because if not you've (laughs) system, your schedule you know so you have to take like a pill one two three four five the five days and then the placebos for the next couple days because it's supposed to be 28 for the next 23 days are placebos and then On day 28, you take your last one. Day first, you take the the birth control and so on. So what it does is regulate your period to last 28 days. And that's
1: hormone control.
0: Yeah. Your period is supposed to like 28 days. Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: Yes. Awesome. I just don't understand why you say birth control when you mean hormone control
0: because it was titled birth control because it was created out of yeah
1: that was what it was intended for but then science was like it actually does this
0: yeah they were like oh so you know how like viagra was created for blood circulation Mm -hmm. so it's basically like viagra viagra was created for something else than what it is actually intended Mm -hmm. you know because it allows blood flow to the penis yes but it was not intended for erectile dysfunction it was intended for blood circulation
1: you can continue now.
0: Okay. These are great questions. Um, and then uh, reproductive health became, a, like, a reasonable thing for me when I turned around 18, 19, when I came to college, and I was diagnosed with endometriosis. I'm going to explain what endometriosis mm-hmm. is later. Question. Yes. Um, I'm going to explain what endometriosis is in this. Is in this- second uh that's that's a little bit of my history with stuff and now after i went through surgery and i went through a year of pain and realizing that women don't actually have anyone to talk to about birth control mm. i decided to start a podcast and advocate for us because if it's not us then who's gonna help us right exactly anyway if you're wondering what our official motto is is spreading prevention
1: oh i thought you next going
0: Spreading prevention. Yes.
1: <laughs> that's not what I thought the jingle was going to okay. be.
0: So I'm going to be going with endometriosis because I'm guessing that's the part that you're mostly concerned about Endometriosis. Endo-
1: endometriosis. 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 Yes. it's oh. really good.
0: So endometriosis is a disease uh, which I'll read the exact definition by the WHO. By the WHO? Yeah. The World Health Organization.
1: The, oh. <laughs> My person was
0: <laughs> 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 Um, entrom- I'm gonna start again. Mm-hmm. Endometriosis is a disease in which tissue similar to the lining of the uterus grows outside the uterus. Mm. So, a lot of people have the lining growing in their intestines, even mm. so, it grows from the outside. It can grow outside of your uterus, it can grow in your ovaries, it can grow. Ugh. Yeah,
1: no, I started thinking about Mortal Kombat. Why? Because there was, I don't, I forgot who did it, but there was like a fatality where like mm-hmm. they go, wha-bam, and then like all of their like guts fall out. And I was like, I did not need to see all that. But it was like Mortal Kombat, so it was cool. That
0: kind of is how a yeah. lot of, because you know, that's how they do C-sections, right?
1: Yeah, but like, that's cool for like Mortal Kombat, but what? I'm yeah. not sure That's Mortal the
0: amazing Kombat. thing about the female reproductive health system. It's <laughs> <laughs> You get your organs taken out in order to have a baby. Isn't that crazy? Okay, so endometriosis okay. is the
1: endometriosis.
0: endometriosis.
1: Endometriosis. Yes.
0: Is the lining of the uterus the growing the uterus outside growing outside of the uterus of
1: the uterus. Yes. Endometriosis is the lining outside that is growing outside
0: <laughs> of the uterus. <laughs> endometriosis is the light is the lining of the uterus is the lining of the uterus. Growing outside.
1: Growing outside of the uterus. Mm-hmm. Endometriosis is the uterus growing outside. No.
0: Uterus. <laughs> stupid lining. <laughs> the lining.
1: Okay, endometriosis is the lining of the uterus growing mm. outside of the uterus. Exactly. Period.
0: So, um, endometriosis. So smart. I know you're so perfect. Period. So, uh, fun fact. There's really no way of diagnosing endometriosis. You can diagnose this through ultrasounds and pelvic ultrasounds, but it's not very accurate to diagnose it just with ultrasounds. So a lot of time people have to have surgery. And this surgery implies opening your belly button, just like the surgery I have, and opening holes at the bottom of the pelvic area.
1: So what happens if like they do the surgery just to figure out that you didn't have that.
0: So they don't do two holes extra. They do the first hole in your belly button and then they use a camera to scope it. And then they do two more holes. If they think that you have endometriosis and it's very likely that they do two extra holes, it means that you do have endometriosis. So when I had my surgery, it was done out of a cyst. So they opened my belly button and then they applied the utensils at the bottom of it. And then when they scoped around, they realized that I don't have endometriosis, but I do have a lot of uh, fibroids growing at the outside of my uterus, which is why my pel- my pelvic area hurts. Like, my pelvis and my back hurts because of the cyst. It's not very pleasant, isn't it? It's nasty. Exactly. But nobody talks about I'm it. I'm
1: so sorry to tell you this, but if I was your doctor, you would be dead. <laughs>
0: Not responsible practices of medical care um jay can you take a guess as to how many
1: women endometriosis.
0: yeah can you take a guess as to how many women around the world suffer from endometriosis
1: so let's take a again there's like give me a percentage billion people on earth right mm-hmm. around that around that number yes and half of them are women right yes so that's two billion and then there's i'm gonna say Half of those people mm-hmm. don't even know what endometriosis is. Right. So now we're at one fourth. One and then I'm going to say.
0: Can you give me a percentage?
1: No, because i got to do the math. <laughs> okay. Um, Take your time. What? I'm going to say one fourth I'm at right now. And then I'm going to say five tenths of that one fourth mm-hmm. is going to be people that know that they have it. They're just not doing anything about it. So,
0: This is so complicated. I'm going
1: to say 32%.
0: No, incorrect. Only 10% of women worldwide are affected by endometriosis. A lot of women don't know that they have endometriosis because their doctors tell them that it's period cramps and it's normal. And a lot of people normalize it, which is the case for a lot of people that I know myself. And then when they get older, they they go through um, endometriosis. But endometriosis is, is very hard to diagnose unless you go through surgery, so a lot of people are not really diagnosed. Yeah, well, that's how you diagnose endometriosis.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll never get diagnosed.
0: Hopefully, at, in the uh, in the near future, um, with podcasts such as ours and other people finally raising their voice about how tired we are about the lack of resources being funded towards, like the lack of funding towards female reproductive health, maybe finally they will look for better ways to diagnose endometriosis and you know medical solutions for problems like that.
1: Um isn't there a machine for that? Like the machine that they had Ultrasounds? Is that what it is called? Mm -hmm. The thing that um what was it? The new Venom movie? The what? The first the new Venom series. Uh Uh-huh the first movie. Uh Uh-huh. The machine he went to inside little
0: Oh, you mean like an mri
1: is that what it's called the little tunnel do thing? so
0: the mris do nothing because they're not prec- precise enough to focus <laughs> into the inside of because you you can have an imaging on mri but it's completely it can be completely different to what it is inside so like the imaging is just an estimate but it's obviously ob- always going to be different so that's why they like to open up
1: um mm-hmm. side note so when i went to the doctor and they was like you need an mri on your knee mm-hmm. You're saying I was right to not get that MRI.
0: MRIs have a lot of, I mean, why, usually they've given an x ray and then according to the x ray, they would order further tests. But MRIs have a lot of like magnetic waves that are not good for you, like radiation that's not good for you. So if they, the first thing was like, get an MRI, then you be like, no, maybe I should get an x ray before. Did you get an x ray?
1: I had plenty of x-rays. Then
0: they they had a right to they order friends.
1: I need it messed up. Per I don't care.
0: Good for you, Jane. Exactly. So proud of you.
1: Anyways back to endomorphism Yeah, endometriosis. <laughs> endometriosis.
0: <laughs> um there's no cure for endometriosis, but there is treatment for it such as surgery and birth control. There's been a lot of stories about women coming out talking about endometriosis surgeries, and they have a laser stuck inside of them to burn and separate the uterine lining from their organs. And a lot of times they have to put your legs up because you might create a blood clot and die.
1: A what? Blood clot. I thought you said black hole. I was like. Imagine you get a what? black hole on your <laughs> uterus.
0: <laughs> but yes, you get a blood clot and die. Mm-mm. So I'm just going to read a little bit of the key facts of the, the who, the a world health organization has to say endometriosis affects roughly 10 percent, 190 million women of reproductive age women and girls globally it is a chronic disease associated with severe life-impacting pain during periods sexual intercourse bowel movements and or urination Hmm. chronic pain chronic pelvic pain abdominal bloating nausea fatigue and sometimes depression anxiety and infertility there is currently no known cure for endometriosis, and treatment is usually aimed at controlling symptoms. Mm. Access to early diagnosis and effective treatment of endometriosis is important, but is limited in many settings, including in low and income and middle-income countries. Um, We will talk about that further in a second, but I just wanted to give a little bit of that so people are aware of what endometriosis is,
1: and we have a little bit of knowledge about endometriosis. You
0: know what endometriosis is? You do? I'm going (laughs) to test you at the end of the episode, by the way, just letting you know. (laughs) So this is a great time to take a five-minute pause, and we're going to talk about a little something. Uh, So during this podcast, we want to talk about women and women's accomplishments so today's episode we're gonna say congratulations to your good friend daniela lozano for releasing her Ooh, new song it, it ends it. with us i, I it wish it. we are so proud of you it's What's an amazing song and if you haven't listened to listen, it it ends it, with us you have to listen, to, listen it right to it right now
1: period you better pause this podcast and listen to it
0: Please go listen to that song. It is so amazing, and we're so proud of her. Yeah, I was—I yeah. asked her to send me the lyrics of the song today, mm-hmm. and I was sobbing in my class because the lyrics are so beautiful. And I just—she's mm-hmm. brilliant, dude. She yeah, was really brilliant. So, with that being said, Daniela Lozano, we're so proud of you. Y te queremos mucho.
1: Period. What? Endomorphies. No. you said <laughs> what period. Are you, at? you said
0: period. I'm like period. Get it? Because we're talking about period.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm still on the endomorphies.
0: <laughs> anyway, congrats Daniela Lozano We love you so much, and please go listen to her new song. It ends with us. I wish. Is there anything you'd like to plug, Jay?
1: I wish, and I wish, and I wish, and I wish, and I wish. Go stream it in <laughs> with us by Daniela Lozano.
0: Hi, this is a great time for you guys to go ahead and use the restroom if you need to. Go clean, go cook, do whatever you guys want. The episode will resume in five minutes. However, I just want to take this quick opportunity to thank you, everyone, for making it this far. And if you have any artists, friends, and other people who you think deserve to be plugged, per se feel free to message us through instagram at pads and tamps and feel free to let us know we're more than happy to support other people Back to the podcast. Um, next up, we're going to talk about PCOS, which is something that I, I suffer which from. Which
1: stands for post-polycystic
0: Polycystic ovarian syndrome.
1: Ovarian syndrome. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the, the cysts that form inside of the ovaries are usually composed by the eggs themselves, like the eggs that you have inside of your um, of your, your ovaries. Mm-hmm. And those eggs usually like mutate, basically into cysts um a lot of times those cysts can have teeth and flesh and hair and nails and all that jazz mm. actually my doctor was telling me that one of his like n- nieces i guess it's nieces yeah mm. one of his nieces. this is not like my actually gynecologist by the way he didn't like break any laws this is like a family friend that also looked at me because he was worried that i was gonna die but he told me that his knees had um, a ovarian cyst the same size as mine, maybe a little bit bigger, and her had hair in it. Mm-hmm. And when they cut open, because th- she showed us a video, but when they cut it open, like the cyst, because they have to cut it open to su- suction it out of the, the body, um, it, you can see the hair. It is insane. My mom has a theory that it's like fertilized babies that didn't make it and they get stuck in your uterus, so that's fine my apologies.
1: Okay. RIP to those unfertilized babies. (laughs) Fertilized babies. Oh, fertilized babies. That died. That died.
0: (laughs) So PCOS is one of the most common reproductive issues according to the National Library of Medicine.
1: National Library of Medicine. Woohoo.
0: Four to 20% of women are affected by PCOS.
1: Four to 20% of women. Uh, the, the, I love when these ad lives. I know. Let's be a rapper. <laughs>
0: you are. <logizing. laughs> I am. <laughs> the prevalence of PCOS has increased over the last few years because doctors finally have more ways to diagnose it. Mm-hmm. Around fifty percent of people with PCOS have not been diagnosed. PCOS makes you gain weight itself, which is a symptom that doctors do not recognize, and instead say you should lose some weight. Oh. What happens if you don't diagnose PCOS on time? you can develop uterine cancer diabetes and long-term health issues that can be catastrophic so yeah you die basically Mm. so um we're going to discuss a little bit more about pcos but first i'm going to ask jay if he has any questions not yet awesome so we're going to go into what the National Library of Medicine has to say and we're going to
1: National Library of Medicine.
0: This is a study that was uh, done let me double check where it was done. It was done worldwide actually, and it is to see how many of the people that are currently diagnosed with PCOS discovered it too late or too early and how many of the people were later diagnosed and how effective it is to diagnose PCOS. So I'm going to read a little bit the background. Um, I already <laughs> Said a little bit of it. Polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS, the majority endocrine pathway among reproductive age women is not yet perceived as an important health problem in the world. Mm. It affects 4 to 20% of women of reproduction age worldwide. The prevalence diagnosis 4 to 20%. Okay. And um, that's
1: like what, 190 million? So if 10% is
0: 190 million, so double that. Like 300. One. 360 million.
1: 360?
0: Yeah, around.
1: I feel like your math is not mathing.
0: I might not. I'm not very good of a math person. You said
1: 9 million. 190.
0: Oh, 190.
1: 190
0: million. 380.
1: 200.
0: 380.
1: No, it's going to be 200 something.
0: No, it's 380. It
1: can't be 300 before it gets to 200. Oh no, it's
0: 360. 360 million.
1: No, it's not. Yes, it's like 200. 90 times 90. It's 90 times. 20.
0: 90 times 2.
1: 200. It's 160.
0: Plus the 200. 360. I'm bad at this. Yeah. Anyway. Carry on. The prevalence diagnosis, etymology, management, clinical practices, physiological issues, and prevention on some of the most confusing aspects associated with POs, PCOS. The aim of the, of the research was to find the prevalence between PCOS uh, which are limited or unclear. The aim is of this review I'll just read it again. The aim of this review is to summarize comprehensively the current knowledge on the prevalence of PCOS. The conclusion of it I'm not going to read the, 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 how they did it it's just I already kind of give you a summary of what basically it was. The current review summarizes and interprets the results of all published prevalence studies and highlights the burden of the syndrome, thereby supporting early identification and pre- pre- prevention of PCOS in order to reverse the persistent upward trend of prevalence. So in other words, PCOS is very easy to diagnose, like on, unlike endometriosis, um, because PCOS can be detected through hormones. However, not... A lot of people go get checked because they don't know that they could have PCOS. So I, the only symptom I had of PCOS was extreme weight gain. I gained 60 pounds in two months. It's a lot. No, it's a lot. I'm so sorry. And it's incredible. Like, it's a lot of weight to put up in two months. A lot. So that was my first symptom. And also, I have a lot of hair, like facial hair, like mustache and hair, like everywhere. But I didn't know that was a symptom. Um, and then you have to go get tested. And, like, you know, like, a lot of people don't know that they have PCOS because it is considered normal. But it is incredibly easy to diagnose it. People just don't get tested because they don't know that they should get tested.
1: What does a testosterone look like?
0: That is a great question, actually. I don't know what testosterone looks I feel like, looks like it's,
1: like, it looks like a DNA. But I might be wrong. What I mean, is that? That
0: is what a testosterone looks no, like. You know what
1: a real one looks like.
0: I don't think there's like... A, a...
1: How do you know you have testosterone if you, if, it's, if, you, if you can't, if you don't know what it looks like, you know?
0: I'm not a medic in any way whatsoever, so I would not know. i am studied music theater for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question I should actually ask someone. Mm-hmm. Remind me to write that down.
1: It's probably bloody. I don't want to look at that anymore. I don't want to look at it.
0: I think it's diagnosed by levels. Like, you know how, like, they can see your iron levels and stuff like
1: that? I've never had my iron level checked.
0: I have a lot of times, actually.
1: What have I ever gotten checked? I don't think I've ever gotten anything checked. Other than, like, my eyesight and my hearing.
0: So I'm going to read one of the long-term effects of PCOS. Um, including type 2 diabetes, endometrial cancer, oh and cardiovascular cardiovascular
1: disease. You're Therefore, way too happily.
0: I know that is the whole point. Type 2 diabetes, <laughs> endometrial cancer, and cardiovascular disease. Therefore, more needs to be done for women with PCOS to improve their quality of life and prevent to known associated risks. That's it. (laughs) Um, This is done by the Lancet Regional Health. It is an European network. I will be linking all the information. Shout out
1: to the Europeans.
0: So why did I go into detail with both of those um, medical conditions? And why did I start with those two medical conditions when there's millions of other stuff out there? Not millions, but a lot of things out there that can cause... there are reasons as to why we should talk about reproductive health. Mm.
1: So what's the answer?
0: The answer to that is reproductive health is not limited to just PCOS and just endometriosis and just fibroids and all the different conditions that are out there. Mm -hmm. But it is more about the necessity to know that you are within your rights to go get checked and go get your testosterone levels checked, a blood test, an ultrasound, and you know you're within your rights to go check your body and learn about what your body has if it's okay if it's not do something before it's too late and you end up in a hospital like me and end up crying Mm
1: -hmm. question Hmm? so you was just talking about how you want to like like not you you're encouraging people Mm -hmm. to go out um and like you know like go get tested on all the shit they need to do right mm-hmm. now how do you do that without the money to go to the doctor
0: right so that is something that brings me to the next object which is another reason as to why i started the podcast oh. the podcast was begun because there's a lot of people who suffer from peer poverty which include not being able to afford pads or tampons and, re- and going to public restrooms and using toilet paper or socks or cotton or newspaper and stuff that is not really sanitary to go um in your underwear for when you're menstruating Mm -hmm. the u.s is not a very good health does not have a very good healthcare system which is unfortunate the
1: u.s doesn't have a a lot of good anything
0: (laughs) (laughs) but there is something here um that they do provide and it is some reproductive facilities such as Planned Parenthood and Thea. If you do apply and you are you know like Healthcare? Medicare. Medical.
1: Oh Medicaid. Yeah
0: so like if you're able to apply to those um, and, and you are like I don't I forgot the word I was going to use but the point is that if you apply to those and you get it then they do have a lot of they not don't have the best but they do have a lot of resources within those insurance companies and i'm not saying that a lot of people are, are able to get insurance they're not which is why one of the articles said that a lot of times it is very prevalent in low-income countries and low-income countries and poor countries that it also is applicable here in the united states of america which is why pads and tamps is gonna be advocating from now and forever for period poverty and to stop period poverty not only to provide menstrual and hygiene products to women who may need it but also to provide medical care directly to the women in low-income states soon we will probably be able to collect doctors in low-income countries such as El Salvador and be able to bring health care to them and I know it is a lot to process the fact that you should get checked. And yes, there's a very low amount of health care here in America. And so there's in, 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 in El Salvador. But I just want women to know that you are within your rights to advocate for your own health, whether it is protesting or it is going to the doctor however way you can you are within your rights to advocate for your own health. So that is my answer to that question.
1: Good answer. Good answer.
0: <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, it's a lot. But I do want to specify that by no means I am saying that you should go to the doctor right now. No. I'd rather want women to know that.
1: Don't go to the doctor right now. You're listening to the podcast. So.
0: <laughs> you should go listen to Daniela Lozano <laughs> sit with us. We love you, Danny. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say that you have a beautiful voice and that you should advocate for your own reproductive health and for women's reproductive health everywhere. So please, please um, donate to organizations around the world. Actually, our website is going to have some wonderful organizations that you can donate to. And so we're going to have uh, fundraisers, hopefully, and like you know, stuff to help women um, globally. But as of now, please, please inform yourself and educate yourself about reproductive health. And if you think you have any symptoms about any of the, any of the conditions that you read about in the news and whatever, please go to a doctor. Don't just let it up to fade. Go to a doctor and make sure everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Please just seek medical help if, if possible. That is what I wanted to say about reproductive health in our introductory episode. Now I'm going to text Jay.
1: You're going to text me? Test. Oh, test. I yes. said text. Okay, Jay. Oh Yeah.
0: What is endometriosis?
1: Is endometriosis mm-hmm. is the lining of... Not the uvula. The uvula? <laughs> the, the fucking... Right. Uterus. Mm-hmm. The... Mm-hmm. Wait. Metri- endometriosis is the... met, Not the metro. Endometriosis is the lining of the u u I want to say uvula so bad.
0: It's not. It's with the
1: endometriosis. Key. Is the lining of the uterus? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's not in the uterus.
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> How many women are affected worldwide with endometriosis?
1: Three hundred sixty thousand. No, million. 10%. Oh, 10%.
0: Of women, around 190 million.
1: 190 million. Yes, correct.
0: Is there acute for endometriosis? No. How can you control endometriosis?
1: Uh, the hormone control.
0: Mm-hmm. And surgery. Mm-hmm. Now, what is PCOS?
1: PCOS is the pancreas, Polycyst- polycystic, ovarian... Somo syndrome. Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> one more time. <laughs> uh, pain, ha, what's the word? PCOS. PCOS is the polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yes,
0: perfect. According to the National Library of Medicine, how many women are affected by PCOS worldwide? That's the
1: 360 hundred.
0: Yes, three hundred six a million, yeah. or four to twenty percent of women are affected by PCOS. Um, around how many? Around how much percentage are of people with PCOS have not been diagnosed yet?
1: Half mm-hmm. of
0: fifty. 50%. No,
1: it's not.
0: Yeah, that's what it says. 50% of people with PCOS have yet to be diagnosed.
1: I don't remember that part.
0: What happens if you don't don't diagnose PCOS in time?
1: You will die. You might die. You said all these different types of cancers and diabetes. You will die.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You might die. You won't die. You might die. Perfect. Um, Jay. What is reproductive health in your own words?
1: Reproductive health in my own words? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gay, so, <laughs> um,
0: no. Is reproductive health? Reproductive health is but I got my what own happens definition.
1: I got my own okay. definition. Reproductive health mm-hmm. in my own words mm-hmm. is mm-hmm being able,
0: mm-hmm.
1: willing and able mm-hmm. to...
0: Mm-hmm. I don't like where this is going.
1: You, to be able and to... you Reproductive health is when you are willing and able to be able to mm-hmm. reproduce without any of the diseases. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's a perfect... Yeah, I think that's a perfect definition. Actually, exactly. that is really good. Uh, Jay, in the best way possible, what is period poverty?
1: Period poverty is when is because all of the people that get the periods mm-hmm. and shit, they can't get the that they need for the periods because you yes. know them shit is high
0: you are expensive, and mm-hmm. mostly in the United States of America, where the pink tax exists, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. But you know, that's whatever. Um, and that's it. That is everything we have to say. Let's go. Is there anything you'd like to say?
1: Um. Thank you so much to my Mexican community, um, my El Salvadorian community, my Peruvian community. My Brazilian community, also to my Jamaican community. There's not enough of Jamaica. us. Mm-hmm. Um, America community, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is there? My. Um,
0: There's a lot of communities, Jay.
1: My Australian community.
0: Oh, we love Australia.
1: Yeah, my. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't vibe with the uh, mm. community. I don't vibe with. Them. I'm
0: gonna delete that one. that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: right? Um.
0: Anyway, thank you to all the communities out there who are listening to us. Really greatly appreciate that. Um, with that being said, Pads and Tams is saying goodbye. And saying Oh, the
1: Kenyan community too.
0: Pads and Tams is saying goodbye to you. We thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And please advocate for your own menstrual health. Advocate for yourself. You are within your rights to advocate for your own body. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and have a very, very lovely day. Please and clean. clean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sending you all the love of the wash. world.
1: Yeah, but sorry.
0: Sending you all the love in the world. It's Amy and Jay. Bye bye. Adios. Thank you for listening to Pads and Tams. Please follow us on Instagram at Pads and Tams. And please look at our website. We will locate resources in case you or someone you know needs them. And check out the amazing organizations around the world who are helping women. See you next week. Pads and Tams is not hosted by medical professionals.